This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo tabbouleh, real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini ziti, granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, everyone. It's another episode of What'd You Eat with Jordan Carlos. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm sorry I'm dancing like a Muppet here. I just had a lot of ginger. Are you a ginger guy? Is that your thing? Yeah. You're always doing like weird, uh, like, have you had mushroom tea? Okay. Have you had the tea made of shiitakes? <laughs> ground pulverized myatakis it's supposed to be good for your brain shut up give me an espresso you know what you're not wrong um i do try a lot of different fuds um to help help with my bod and one of the one of the fuds that i'm that i'm consuming right now is definitely a lot of ginger there's a ginger intake that's happening and i have to tell you something if you eat a lot of ginger uh probably like a fistful of ginger it will give you um, what's known in these streets as a buzz. It'll give you a buzz uh, in every little molecule of your body. It's not bad. A fistful of ginger is a lot of ginger. That's probably the amount of ginger I eat in a year. Oh, no. A fistful of ginger? A fistful of ginger. I probably have a knob of ginger once a month. Okay. So that gives us 12 knobs. You want me to turn into wellness guy right, right now? You want to turn a wellness guy right now in front of you? No, this is not. This is not a wellness podcast. We don't care about wellness. We care about deliciousness. Uh, you're right. You're right. Okay, so, fine. Tell me about your week. What did you? Okay. Eat? What did well, you? Well, first eat? of all, um, I went down to Charleston for a wedding. I went down to Charleston and mm. immediately became Truman Capote. Uh, I went down to Charleston, and they give you a fan, like, when you walk off the plane, and they give you, like, a church hand fan instead of, like, a lay, like, in Hawaii. You get, like, a fan with MLK's picture on the front of it, and it's like, I'll do the claw! It was, I had all Southern eating. I gained at least five pounds. It was atrocious. I didn't even know who I was anymore. Charleston is such a great city. If I'm sure you've been. You've been to Charleston? You know, I have been to Charleston a long time ago. I always feel like Charleston and Savannah are the same place. Like, why are Charleston and Savannah never in the room at the same time? <laughs> I feel like I confuse the two of those all the time. But anyway, yes, I've been to one of those cities. I think there's probably, like, Spanish moss falling from the trees. <laughs> there is Spanish moss falling from the trees. I do declare. There's Spanish moss falling from the trees. Handkerchiefs on puddles so that you do not, uh, you know, uh, I'll step on the water. It's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous uh my wife alina was like oh my god this place is so beautiful i love that my white wife my of the caucus and she's like look at this place so beautiful architecture i was like you know you're right you're right you're right and then i was like oh yeah we built all this we built all of this all of it the whole thing we built for free for free and i was like and dan maybe you can relate I don't know if you've ever been to Cairo or something like that or the Valley of the Kings, but I'm sure. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I was just in Egypt. I was just in Egypt two months ago. So I know. Yeah. I was like, that's my pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> I know people are always like, how did the Egyptians do it? <laughs> Well, <laughs> they went down to uh, Home Depot. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the Jews hanging out outside of Home Depot in Cairo. <laughs> now, as to the food. Yes. Um, the first time was actually my birthday. Hold for applause. Donnie, just edit that, that pause out. I'm sorry? I'm just telling my podcast producer, Donnie, to edit that pause out because wow. no one was clapping. No, no one, that, not that's one funny person. because I opened a door and an arena of people <laughs> were just filled like a Beyonce Taylor Swift concert. 
together. <laughs> Boom. That many people were cheering for it. Another lap around the sun for Jordan Carlos. So we went to a place called Lenore, even though it was clearly spelled Lenoir, but everybody was like, Lenore. And I was like, that's fine. Because when you get older, you get you, you let go. You let go yeah. like a fart, like a burp. You, you can't hold on to these things. So we go to Lenore and everybody had the shrimp and grits. Everybody was doing the shrimp and grits. Oh, my God. It's so funny you bring that up because I was about to bring up shrimp, shrimp and grits. But keep going and then yes. I'll, I'll tell my story. Everybody did great. the shrimp and grits. And because I zig when everybody else zags, I went ahead and got the fish. Uh, and the fish was... A white fish. I can't remember what what it was exactly, but it was delicious. It was crusted brown on the outside and tinned white on the inside, you know? So mm. um, it was flaky and yummy, and I gobbled it up. And everybody it – was, it was fantastic. Now, prior to that, I should say I met – my wife's family, friends, we went to a little little bar, little bars, little old house. And so we went in there and it was, you know, everything's like in the, the garden of good and evil in this town. It's like you go in and it's yeah. like some old haunted house where they're like, oh, Negra, you know, those are the ghosts. And then we go and we have, we have drinks with the kind of wonderfully Southern but liberal people that there. Yes. Yeah, make that make sense. It just sounds like you're an ep- like a you were in like your version of Get Out is what this sounds like. It was me. a bit of Get Out, but nothing happened, and it, it all coincided with a giant black wedding, so it was fine. Uh, we all we all had each other's backs, or so we thought. It was cool, but like so we had drinks first, and that ball. Let me see what the name of that ball was. Um, hang on one second, Lenoir. I like that you Lenoir. turn into. Uh, What's his name? Uh, who's the guy who got canceled? House of Cards. Yes, I turn into Kevin Spacey, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. <laughs> okay, it'll come to me. The name of this bar will come to me, like in my sleep at three o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up screaming, and I'll be like, "Oh, Kevin, show me sale or whatever." And but like, I can't remember right now. I can't do it. But I remember Lenore, and that was really good. I'll tell you this. When you brought up Charleston, and I think Charleston, Savannah, and I can't tell which one was which, where I've been, I do remember, though, I do think, I th- it was probably Savannah, but I do remember yes. having shrimping grits mm. for brunch yes, for the first time, and my God, shrimping grits, I I don't know if Go you on. know this about Dan and Dude, I like the atypical brunch foods, okay? Oh, I like... Me. Like I don't, I don't need the eggs Benedict. I don't need the French toast. A spaghetti carbonara for brunch is the perfect brunch food because it's bacon and eggs. Deconst- it's like bacon and mm. eggs reconstructed in an Italian way, right? Mm. It's like a bacon and egg sandwich. It's an egg and cheese sandwich, but in a different form, right? The pasta is the bread. Mm. The guanciale is the bacon. The okay. egg is the egg. The parmesan is the cheese. I mean, it's like. A perfect upscale yeah. bacon and yeah. cheese sandwich. I love it. Okay. The next time I'm at Sweet Chick, I'm going to be like, you better bring me that carbonara. The, the, you got that shit in the back. Anyway, I was saying shrimp and grits to me is also an unsung brunch food. I think it's yes. perfect. You're having your grits. You're having your porridge. You're having your shrimps. It's fantastic. It's really good. It is great. I don't even know what a grit is, except for it's kind of like, it's like a potato something no grits are corn grit is basically they take corn they dry it they pulverize it turn into a powder and then reconstitute it with uh, water and or (laughs) water and or broth (laughs) wow how do you like your grits there's sweet grits and there's savory Mm -hmm. grits and some people love their grits like they'll get their grits and put salt and cheese in them and some people will get them and put you know sugar honey maple syrup in them um, I err on the sweet grits side, except when it comes to shrimp and grits, in which case I want, I like the savory grit there. You like the savory grits. Now, my wife was way into the savory grits. And I have to say, people, I mean, I don't, without this turning into a flashback from my cousin Vinny, yes, people like their grits differently. Children love butter and sugar on grits. Ding, 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 ding. And then when you get Same. older and you don't have time for everything and you put away your childish things, you want it savory. You want salt and pepper and butter, so you have a heart attack, you know? So that's what um, that's what people want. 
But like they enjoyed it. They enjoyed the savory. It was very good. It was a good meal all around. And then for my birthday, that part, they brought me out a carrot cake, which is my least favorite kind of cake, and made me question if my parents know me. Carrot cake is probably my favorite cake. I love carrot cake. Well, then you'll love Lenore's carrot cake. Oh, my God. I love a good carrot cake. My cousin, Jubin Gabay, Dr. Dr. Gabay, his wedding cake was a fucking carrot cake. (laughs) For me, that'd be grounds for divorce. I'd be like, this person does not know me. (laughs) That is that is the best way to tell your whole family. Like, um, we're not talking to any of you ever again after this (laughs) night. We are alienating everyone after tonight. (laughs) We do not care. A whole fucking carrot grove had to die for Jimmy's cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's literally like one slice was taken out of it. Everyone else is like, um, is there chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like carrot cake. That's a bummer. Maybe this is me being contrarian Dan when it comes to brunch and to cakes. Because with brunch, I like my atypical brunches. And with cakes, I like very polarizing cakes. I like a carrot cake. I love a key lime pie. No one likes fucking key lime pie. No one does. I don't love key lime pie, but I like key lime pie. I will eat key lime pie with you. Baby, we'll go to the Florida Keys right fucking now. And we will have <laughs> key lime pie. And we'll have the tartest little lips, like a like two little buttholes for lips. And we will eat that. <laughs> no problem. But the thing about it is the carrot cake was very good. How did the Florida Keys get the monopoly on key lime pie? <laughs> Well, because limes are tropical, right? So they're tropical, but lemons are are not. But these are key limes. Key limes are a different fruit. Ooh, I wonder if they're key limes right. are a different fruit. And most yeah, right. most key lime pie that you have is made with lime, but actual key limes are like these baby little tiny kumquat looking thing, bigger than a kumquat, but they're like not <laughs> as tart. They're sort of a Goldilocks between lime and lemon. Who am I on the Zoom with right now? What is going on? I'm sorry. It's a food podcast, and I know about food. Why are you always surprised when I know about food, fuckface? I've been doing this shit for fucking a decade. (laughs) He's always like, Dan knows about food. So weird. It's not that. It's the minutiae. It's... It's it's the semantics that you go into about a lot. <laughs> Can I tell you where I ate um, this week? Please, what'd you eat? The listeners might be hearing a slightly banged up Danadute. That is because I went out to Korean barbecue last night with okay. a bunch of my cousins. Nice. The nice. Persians descended on Quarters Barbecue in Koreatown. Nice. And right. man, we had a lot to drink i'd like to get into the drinking first well here's how here's how quarters barbecue works you always have to wait at quarters barbecue so you go there it's in koreatown in la it's in a a shopping mall which which is funny which is funny because like i was with a bunch of like i was with a bunch of real estate persians and like of course like as we're walking around it's like all these like korean you know eateries and bars and whatnot And they're like, so who do you think owns this place? Is it a Persian guy or is it a Korean guy? And, like, one of them had, like, some special app that tells you, like, who's, you know, like, it's like the MLS for, like, commercial real estate. (laughs) And he looks it up. Plot twist. Black guy owned the the mall that had all the Korean places in it. Bringing the soul to soul, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I imagine the face of these, like, old Korean men going to sign their lease, sitting down <laughs> across from a black man and just being confused. They're a racist lot, I think. I, I, I picture, like, the old Korean liquor store owner <laughs> yelling at the black person who walked in. Oh, my God. I did not know that. That's crazy. And first of all, we are wise enough if we're if we're doing that well in business to not put a black face first. That is a white <laughs> yeah. admin named Jennifer or Lauren handling our business. Thank you so much, Jennifer and Lauren, for, for taking that rent money. That's wild, dude. So tell me more. So you put your name down at quarters and then you have to dilly dally because it takes about 40 minutes to get your table. Dilly dally? What are you talking about? You go to a bar and start drinking until they text you and let you know that your table. Are you like a Portuguese prince? What do you mean you dilly dally? You mean you hang out? 
Yeah. <laughs> we dillied and we dallied down to this bar that's in the strip mall that's owned by a black man that he rents out to Koreans. And the name of the bar is the best name of a fucking bar, I think, in life, in all of history. Ready for this? I'm ready. Hold on. Okay. Exhale. Go ahead. Tobang. <laughs> the name of the bar is Tobang. Tobang. The best part about it is that, you know, it's not like a bunch of frat guys open up a bar and they're like, let's fucking call it Tobang. Like, it's like a very traditional Korean bar, and I I bet like Tobang in Korean must mean like you know a glorious mountaintop. I don't know, but <laughs> it's like it's the name of the place is fucking Tobang, and it's great. Anyway, you walk in, it's very yes. f- like f- dingy, fun wood bars, wood uh, I'm sorry, wood tables, wood chairs, a lot of wood, and they've got Danadut's favorite restaurant accoutrement which is the korean button i talk about the korean button all the time which is a button on the table that you can press at oh. korean restaurants and you get service it's the perfect thing because then they don't bother you you don't bother them <laughs> korean button love that anyway we did get um a bunch of uh japanese beers now i remember which i guess is mm-hmm. actually this okay we got <laughs> we did we got Sapporo, we got a picture of Sapporo, whoa, and then whoa, we got sake. Whoa. They're serving I know. Japanese and we got... beers at a Korean joint? Yeah, and they also had okay. sake at this one, which, you know, normally Koreans like to drink sochu, which is their version of a rice-based, like a rice wine. Yeah. I can't stand sochu. Man, I've, and I've had a lot of Korean friends try to convince me otherwise, and they're like, no, no, you've had the bad stuff. Let's get the really good stuff, and we get yeah. the really good stuff, and I still get a wicked hangover the next day. It's it's like fucking lighter fluid. It's rocket fuel. It's tough. But they had Japanese sake, and we got the sake. And now that I think about it, it was probably very offensive to go into a Korean restaurant and just get Japanese, because they, they have a they have a sordid history. Yeah. Yes, the Japanese and the Koreans have a very fraught history. Yeah. Were they like, yeah, I'll go get you some Sapporo. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> right back with a textbook and your Sapporo. Oh, my God. That's weird. But they had it on the menu. They had it on the menu. So I guess, you know, after time, everything heals. Hey! Heal. But, you know, look, it's kind of nice that they're now, it's an olive branch. They're reaching out. They have Japanese things. It's kind of in the same way that you were at Le Noir and they're like, how great is this authentic place that was just built here? It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, time time goes by, and now you're a customer at Lenoir. You I know? know. It's crazy. And you know what's really weird is, like, the craziest thing about that district is, like, they don't want to build any new buildings. They're like, this is the greatest moment in our history. Why would we want to update? Why would we want anything new? We just want to look around and remember what was. (laughs) (laughs) Look, slavery aside, they are beautiful. Slavery aside, put that. Let's put that aside. (laughs) Put that aside. They're beautiful homes in Charleston. So yeah, then so we were at Tobang, and then our table was ready. We went to quarters and. Korean barbecue. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think Korean barbecue is actually way better than Japanese barbecue. Okay, I, I'm giving it wow. to you, Koreans. I'm giving it to you. I, I took away from the sochu. I think that Japanese sake is better than Korean sochu. Okay. But Korean barbecue is way better than Japanese barbecue because yeah. Japanese barbecue takes itself too seriously. Like you're sitting in front of the grill and looking mm-hmm. at the guy. You know, picture like an upscale Benihana. Like a that's what they're like in Japan. Yes. Like the yaki. What is it called? Yakinoki, Yakinuki, Yaki something. Anyway, <laughs> but it's like very serious and you're sitting there and looking. And I think that that takes the spirit of barbecue away. The spirit of barbecue of is convivial. You're around. Yes. You're having a good time. It's not so serious. And I think the Japanese barbecue takes itself a little too seriously. The Korean barbecue has banchan, which is fun. All these fun mm-hmm. little side things they bring, which are so fun. And then they have all these meats, which are great, which are delicious, which are wonderful. But nothing ever beats bulgogi for me. Bulgogi is just as good as it gets. So bulgogi is when you go to a Korean barbecue place. It's going to be like almost like a gloop of like 
chopped up meat that yeah. like super thinly sliced and then uh you put it on the grill and it's super spiced with garlic and whatnot i'll tell you in a second what it actually is but it's like oh well why don't i tell you now basically what they do is they take strip loin they cut it super thinly mm. then they they shred pear a pear and put it in this marinade Sh- pear wow. is a natural tenderizer it tenderizes the meat pear kiwi all all natural tenderizers how do you how do you know this about food? Jordan, I swear to God. <laughs> and then they mix in a bunch of like sesame oil and like, you know, some oh sort God. of soy saucy thing and a yeah. bunch of garlic, a bunch of sliced garlic. And okay. it just becomes a super funky, fun meat. And it's always the best thing to get. And it's like I always try other things and I'm like, God damn it, I should have just gotten the bulgogi. Um it's kind of like the pad thai of Korean barbecue where you're like, ah, oh, I should have just gotten pad thai. It's like the best thing. Yeah. The bulgogi, bulgogi is so great. I have done that. I've had bulgogi before and it felt like self-checkout. It felt like I was like, I didn't get a W2. Why am I working at this restaurant? Make the bulgogi, <laughs> bulati? What is it? Bulgogi? Bulgogi. Bujogi? I mean, it seems like you've had a night of all nights. You've been having these kind of nights. Whether it's Larry seasoned salt, or whatever it is, it feels like you make sure that you bring along good companions, you know, great company. And if the food is great, even better, right? That seems to be this, the kind of the theme. You know, what's crazy is that the night before I went on a, I, <laughs> there's no good way to put this. I went on a blind date with a man. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm a straight man. Okay. But there was a guy, <laughs> this guy, Kevin. Well, is this already starting off well? Yeah. Kevin reached out on Instagram and he oh. commented on some video that I did or some one of my Gen Z food reviews or whatever. And then I looked at his account and the guy was like a James Beard reader. Like he reads oh. books for the James Beard Foundation. Okay. And he's like a sommelier. So he was like a legit foodie. And I was like, yo, where do you live? He's like, I live in LA. I was like, dude, we should go eat together once. He's like, I'd love that. Let's do it. And he's a he is a gay man, but I saw from his account that he was married. So I was like, okay. And I made it I made it clear. I was like, hey man, can't wait for dinner. It's gonna taste so good. Just uh, you know, maybe even as good as pussy to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make it clear. You you gotta set the ground rules. Uh-huh. Despite yourself <laughs> and your your own you know, weird feelings that this evoked apparently. <laughs> new and new and strange feelings. How, how was the, how was your date? How was your your do? We had a great date. We went to this new restaurant called Norma's in okay. West Hollywood, which is sort of a fancy pantsy uh, Italian place. And yeah, it was really delicious. It was very fun. He was from the East Coast. I could tell because by the time I sat down, he was already halfway done with his Negroni. So I was like, oh, okay, you drink. You drink. Yeah. You're an East Coaster. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm from the East Coast. I was like, okay. Because <laughs> you'll go out with these LA people and you'll have like a three-hour meal and all they have is one glass of wine. And you're like, how are you doing this? Just sipping it milliliter by milliliter? Is that what they're doing? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we had a wonderful time. I gave him, I gifted him my book. Uh, I brought a nice bottle of wine because he's a sommelier. I thought he'd appreciate it. Okay. And again, not that it has anything to do with it, Jordan, but I thought you'd like to know. Yes. That he is black. He's a black man. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that I need a ticker tape parade, but I did go on a sight unseen blind date with a black man. With a queer black man. Happy Black History Month. Black history has been made. Wonderful. Thank you. We all Is that what you're waiting for? Uh, thank you so much on behalf. I didn't even realize, by the way, that it was Black History Month, and I did it anyway. Because you live it every, you live it, it's every month for you. I love you. <laughs> yes, you're like, you're out here. Oh, yes. I'm burying the lead, by the way. I'm burying the lead. Yes. Kevin is a huge fan of yours. Oh, well. Huge fan not. of Jordan Carlos. Jeez, come on, Kevin. What's up? This is huge. What's <laughs> happening right now? We're just shouting this guy out. Thank you, Kevin, for all your support. Thank you for being you. Thank you for taking out my buddy Dan. He he does. You can be the West Coast Jordan Carlos. Kevin, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Kevin, by the way, again, in honor of Black History, so much biracial stuff going on. Kevin, 
is not married, but he's yeah. he's his partner of fifteen years is a white man. You are married to a to a white woman. Donnie, my podcast producer, listening to this right now, he is a white, and his yes. husband is a black. I just want to say that at Green Eggs and Dan, we like to foster a culture okay. Okay. of racial yes uh harmony in fact my mom's name is rachel <laughs> you can barely say it <laughs> dan i on behalf of everyone we want to thank you for your good works again you know i'm not doing this for the likes and for the oh my god i'm just being me in the world Sure. Well, it is. It's award season, and I did get um, something from your PR person about this. And you know, we FYC for your consideration, Dana Dudes, um, behaviors and hanging out with black people. So we 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 see it, and thank you so much. Uh, yes. There's a couple screenings that Dana's doing. Of, of uh, you put you put something together, right? It's like a little a doc about about how you hang out with different people of different backgrounds. Yes, I did. I have to self-publish it. What's the password for that? Yeah. Uh, the password is Rachel is not only the name of my mom. It's also the way that I live my life. It's a long password. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, did you enjoy yeah. the food at Norma's? I have to ask that. Did you like the food? Was it good? Did you? Was it, was I love the food. Actually, the chef, the chef is great. He's a friend. Uh, he's a friend of both mine and Kevin's, which we both didn't know that we knew him. Uh, or that that we were mutual friends with him, yeah. So uh, the chef is a friend, Chef mm-hmm. Jason, fully love. He is cooking some very very interesting foods. Like I don't know, you couldn't really pin down the menu. Like yes, there was a homemade agnolotti. Yes, there was an octopus, which I'm so tired of octopus. Mm. But man, his octopus blew my fucking mind. It was okay. tender AF. Um, he was cooking this A5 Australian Wagyu beef that he, like, is the only person who can get it in uh, in the U.S. Interesting. He's a badass chef, and his yeah. food is really delicious. And, Jordan? Yes? I don't know. Again, this is not important. Okay. Not important. Okay. That he is black. He's a black chef. Okay. Dan. Dan. <laughs> what happened? What? <laughs> I've never been uh, in a podcast with a man so thirsty for acknowledgement wow. and recognition. Are you so Joe weird, Biden? Dude. What is happening right now? Okay, we. we... <laughs> <laughs> no, his yeah. his food is so delicious and wonderful, and uh, I wish him luck in his new venture because this uh, the restaurant is Norma's. is fun. It's great, okay. Norma's. Give Love a it. shout out. Is that also in a strip mall owned by a black man? Though we think it could. Could be Korean and Roberta. <laughs> I don't know. No, you know, I'll, I'll. I have to give one one little ding to Norma's and Do Chef. It. If you're listening, this is gonna this is gonna be like sort of a backhanded compliment. I think the food is better than the setting. Um, the food. Ooh. The setting is a. Ooh. Yeah, like the setting to me was a little bit too like, mm-hmm. um, uh, like made for Instagram. It was like it was like a lobby of a hotel in Las Vegas. Like there's a permanent ring light section. Are you serious? Yeah, and that to me kind of cheapened it a little bit because man, his food is fucking awesome, and I hope they do away with those things and just let yeah. his food speak for itself. It's just kind of probably the zeitgeist. It's very zeitgeisty in the moment, you know? Well, and it's also probably like whoever one of the investors is probably like some private jet loser who's like, the kids love boomerangs. We're doing a boomerang section. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you have for jert, as my kid likes to say? For jert. Meaning for what? For dessert. What? for dessert. What did you have? Oh, for jert? Um, honestly, it was a liquid dessert. We had uh, Amaro. Um, Amaro oh, yeah, Nonino yeah, yeah. on the rocks. Okay, that to me is like, you know, it's kind of that thing that you say about the older you get, the less you get into sweet, more into savory. Like an Amaro is like the that is the that is the highest level of sweet that I want to tolerate these days. Put it on the rocks. Give me a little bit of the give give daddy a little bit of a you know a little little pinch just to help with the digestione the dig the digere. Who and, are you becoming uh, in this moment right now? Are you like a mafia boss, or is, is that who you are? Yeah, I'm an old, I'm an old Italian man who who needs his amaro. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. And also, 
Also, Jordan, again, not a big deal. I don't want to make a thing of it. What is it's it? It's not a big deal at all. What? what? The Amaro was a very dark brown slash black. Oh, for fuck's sake, Dan. Just let it go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it was fine. It didn't make a difference. Uh-huh. I was cool with it. Yes. You know? You were and happy. You, was... you, you accepted. You didn't even see it. It wasn't. You're like, make it darker. You're like, make it darker. I like it when it's darker. I fetishize the darkness. Thank you. <laughs> make it Wesley's knife. Bring it out here. I'm like, okay, we get it. Guys, we got to talk about meal delivery. We're busy. We don't have time to cook everything, all right? Even someone like myself who loves to cook. Factors Delicious fills those holes. Ready-to-eat meals, they make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have 35 different options a week to choose from including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, whatever you want, they got it. And they're delicious because like, they have like real chefs making this stuff, okay? This isn't cafeteria food. This is chefs delivering you their creations. There's two-minute meals if you want to fuel up faster with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. They've got snacks. They've got smoothies, a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites. Mmm, daddy loves a midday bite. And more. You can sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Look, I used to do a ton of takeout, okay? All those Postmates, DoorDash, they get you on the back end. There's no back ending on Factors. Everything is very honest, and they get it to you to your door. It's delicious stuff. Uh, It's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Head to factormeals.com slash greeneggs50 and use code greeneggs50 to get 50% off. That's code greeneggs50 at factormeals.com slash greeneggs50 to get 50% off. Guys, I've had these meals. They're freaking great. Trust me. Ask me what I ate. What did you eat, Jordan? Dude, we went to this place called the Marina Variety Shop on the recommendation of the family and friends from Charleston because I believe you must. Oh, we're back in Charleston. Okay, we're, we're back in Charleston. I didn't know where we were. I'm not done eating Charleston. I was there from Thursday to Sunday. Like it was a lot. I had to eat a lot of stuff, dude. Fun, fun. Okay, so go on. So we go in there. We go in there. And uh, by the way, it's just locals. It's just locals. There are no and, – and Charleston, by the way, is populated and powered by bachelorette parties, and that is all. Um, bachelorette okay, parties, yeah. it's a lot of – If we went to go do some yoga one morning, and it is just – there were flocks. It was like – imagine if Wall Street – you know, those jams of, of like just like men in business suits from Joseph A. Bank. It's This is just like <laughs> women in aloe yoga leggings and outer voices – it's just, I mean, it's not bad. It's like, but it's a lot. It's, it's as, as though basic exploded. It's so like <laughs> the amount of Lauren's, Kalen's, and Kirsten's on one city block were insane. And so my, oh my wife God. was like, imagine like probably a hundred years ago, this could have been like filled with like drunks and like rebels. And like, this is more like, this is like, Kayla, what are you doing? I feel like we're getting out of branch to the beach. It was banana. Banana bread muffins. Anyway, so we go to this place where we get away from that to real Charleston by the marina. And um, we got, oh, my God, everything's just so cheap. Everything's so cheap. We we got, like, giant, like, crab cakes. Wifey got crab cakes, and she got more grits. She was, this Brooklyn girl, uh, uh, you go below the Mason-Dixon, and she's just like, she becomes, like, Dukes of Hazard and wants all this southern food. And I was like, okay, this is really weird that you want this much southern food the minute we leave yeah. Brooklyn. Here we go. So then the lady, the waitress is like, oh, we got some of the best harmony grits in the South. They come from about an hour away from here now. They used to be called Gitchy Boy, but they had to stop that and change the name. So I was like, okay. 
So then we like quickly Wikipedia Gucci boy. What people might not know about this part of Charleston is that like and South Carolina is the Geechee Gullah Islands, right? The Gullah Islands are like it was an island where um, slaves from West Africa were able to maintain at least a part of their culture. And because of that, they speak differently and have different habits and behaviors of other African-Americans. So like the Geechee Gullah are a little different and they speak as the, they literally sound like they're from the Caribbean. So it, it's almost like, a mm. you know how like New Orleans is like a pocket of the Caribbean? Like that's right. exactly what Charleston is too. Like when I heard the guy, there was a guy in the hallway that was like, you done with your room to have a trade. You want that big, you want that big. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Duolingo, get in here. Gullah is a thing. Gullah, Gullah cuisine is a big thing too. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a very, very niche, little known uh, important part of American uh, historical cuisine is is Gullah cuisine, which is like southern, but with a lot of seafood and spice from Caribbean, you know, African y Caribbean things. And wow, and wow, that you even know that Dan uh, speaks to the fact that you deserve <laughs> the award for Black History Month. <laughs> that you would even deign to understand these things. Thank you so, uh, thank you. Wow, thank you so much for stepping outside of your comfort zone and being the white savior that we've always want. Thank you, Dan. In the words of W. E. B. Oh, du Bois. No. Oh God. Oh, you're very, very welcome. <laughs> I'm sure he said you're welcome at some point to someone. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just thinking about if there's anything. Oh yeah, the thing about the South is, man, we have the same foods as the North. But the hostility towards health and the hostility towards <laughs> just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, it, it's just you, so, like, you don't have to, we got Brussels sprouts. They put maple <laughs> syrup on that and bacon oh, on a fucking boy. Brussels sprout. What are you doing? Yeah, when I never crave salads, but when I'm in the South, after three days, I'm like, I need a raw salad quickly. <laughs> I just need a salad. Give me a salad. <laughs> you can't shit. We don't like to talk about scatological things on our food podcast. You hate the scatos. I know, I know. I know. Okay. But it's like we need we need the flow. I'm just saying they hold on to things too long. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, yeah. it was a great wedding, all black cast, uh, very nice. And it was a, it was like a bourgeois, very, very like it's as though if Carlton Banks or Ashley Banks got married. It's like the cast of Blackish married the cast of the French Prince. And it was like so beautiful. It was my my dad's business partner's daughter. So it was just, it was beautiful, genteel. There were people like taking photographs outside the church, which we built. And um, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of white people like gawking, like, look at that. How did they get all the money for the limousine? And look at them. They're all so well-dressed and clean. Get the fuck out! Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, pic- I'm picturing you just drunk walking around Charleston, going to, like, new developments and being like, we built this! And, like, what are you talking about? This was built three years ago. I might have. I might have. I might have. You know what's interesting about South Carolina? I think they're... There and I'm curious if you got to experience this, but yes, when we talk oysters in America, we usually stick to mm-hmm. the Northeast, the Pacific Northwest, or the Gulf. And South Carolina has a very rich uh, and delicious yeah. oyster yeah. oyster culture. And I've only had them in Atlanta. I went to a restaurant and they. We're serving, you know, you have the list of oysters and it's always like Northeast, West. And it was like South Carolina. I was like, South Carolina has oysters? I didn't even know. And they're like, and she was like, they're fucking awesome. And they were amazing. They were really delicious. In fact, they reminded me of the oysters from Brittany in France that they had this plump butterness, but like it was like a really good mix of salinity, butteriness, mild, but just enough funk. Like they were a really beautiful oyster. They were really, they were really great. Um, the oysters never hurt black people. They were really good. They had nothing to do with slavery, and they were they tasted delicious. Okay, we went there. I did like I was like, please just give me, you know, I'd like a dozen of some oysters. And it was like, oh well, well, we have different kinds. We got the sugar bacon over here, and the, I don't, I can't remember the names, but then I was like, just mix them up for me. And they come from these like 
you know, muddish shows and everything. It's like, it's so good. And they're so huge and gluttonous, like people yeah. from the South. And you just slurp those bad boys down, dude. We had a ball and they did not serve them on ice. They served them on salt, which was kind of crazy to me. I do declare. It was a ball called The Ordinary. So we went to The Ordinary. I don't know why I have to do this. I'm so sorry. But um, we would go to The Ordinary, and we would just, like, get drunk and start screaming the name Tate out. Like, like Tate! Or, like, Trent! <laughs> and people would turn their heads around. Uh... <laughs> it was so fun. It was so fun. But the food was delicious, dude. The food. Oh, was The Ordinary. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. Wow. This looks very cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful food. It looks like it was like in an old bank or something. It was in an old bank. They don't need money anymore. They just need food. So <laughs> it's it's huge. It's massive. Dan, you would love this kind of place. This is the kind of place. This is a Danadute spot. It is like a bar that just goes on forever. And then like people are just so talkative and solicitous and just want to be your friends. And it's like. It's it, yeah, that's exactly it. It's fantastic, perfect yeah. place for like an assassination. <laughs> yeah, those are oh, they're the oysters. They're the, yeah, oh, very, hey, babies, how you doing, babies? Yeah, this is a very charming place. One of my favorite types of restaurants is a seafood centric place. Whether it's really? this is southern seafood centric, mm-hmm. I love a like New England clam shack, like mm-hmm. crab shack, clam shack. Mm-hmm. This is great. This is this is this is a Dana dude spot right here. I love it. The, Definitely. And there was like, it was, it was so good. We had like the corner, like we were at the bar, but we were at the corner and it was, it was fantastic. Like that kind of waypoint where you're like, you can see both sides of the, uh, of the restaurant and, and, and the, the service was fantastic. I, I highly recommend the ordinary anytime you could go to, um, to Charleston. We, we always walk in like, we don't have any reservations. We don't give a fuck, like, see us. And they're like, oh, we work with you. Don't worry. You know? So the, the, yeah. that's the New York coming through. I love that. Is that you? Is that you? I feel like you're the guy who calls ahead and like tries to get the resi. But but do you ever use uh, BDE or Big Dan Energy and go in just like kicking the door off the hinges and you're like, what's up? No, not like that. But I'm usually very good at like I, I usually go on Instagram and we'll DM them. And then mm-hmm. that usually they'll go to my page. It'll give me the food street cred. And then, you know. I'll get taken care of. One of my cousins was like, uh, I'm going to Napa Valley this weekend. Can you get me a reservation at the French Laundry? Like yesterday. I'm like, dude, <laughs> people book this place like a year in advance. So like I I DM the French Laundry. I was like, hey, guys, um, any chance I can get a table for two on Saturday night? What happened? They didn't even respond. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> They just, they just sent back a picture of Thomas Keller giving me the finger. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask this? What is your best advice then to people that want to get, I mean, like you can do that, right? Are there mm. any other ways or means of getting a table that might seem, as Dan would say, impossible? You know, there's a really wonderful series that I like now that New York Magazine, Grub Street is putting out. Um, that Zach, who's the editor, does. And it's very fun where it's called Impossible Tables. And he will go to these restaurants like Lilia or like, you know, all these Impossible Tables. And he will he will just walk up and be like, I don't have a reservation. And he films the whole thing. And it's like, how long does it take for him to get a table? And nine times out of ten, and I'll talk about the one out of ten that didn't work, nine times out of ten, he waits about an hour, maybe mm-hmm. less. So I think if you pre-plan, go to the hot spot and okay. plan on going to whatever your toe bang is going to be that <laughs> night to go before you get seated, um, then you can have a really wonderful evening. Like I actually have that set up for a lot of these places. Yes. Like I know what bars I'm going to be pre-gaming at before. You're right, though. It is important to have like a kind of a four-play spot, a toe bang, if you will. Yeah, because a toe bang. <laughs> <laughs> toe banging is foreplay. Wait, maybe that's why they named it that. It's like this is where you get your toe bang before you're ready for the for the main attraction. Absolutely. We get the whole foot. Now, I feel like that kind of stuff works on my ego so badly. Like I can't have a DMV like experience. So I'd need that like place that they can recommend to me, you know? Uh, listen, I get it. I'm with you. Uh, for example, Sushi Fumi. Great. Yeah. 
sushi place in LA. Very good prices uh, yeah. and great quality. So because of that, there's always a line. Like there's always a line, and people are outside annoyed. But across the street is a Roger Room, wonderful cocktail bar. I go, put my name down. I'm like, text me. I go across the street, Roger Room, have my Negroni, and then I'm ready for my meal. I mean, like, you got to just pre-plan a little better. But, oh, I was saying before, the Grub Street thing, where nine times out of ten, he Mm -hmm. gets the table in like an hour on these super difficult tables. Yeah. There was one episode he did where he went to Carbone, and he's like... Hi. And he's like this very cute, like little gay man. <laughs> he's like, hi, I just want to get a table, please. <laughs> and, the guy, and like the bouncer outside of Carbone is like, wait, do you have a res- reservation? And he's like, no, I don't. I just wanted to walk in. And he's like, no, you're not going to fucking sit down here. It's fucking Carbone. Are you crazy? And he's like, oh, there's like no way that I can just like wait. And he's like, no, it's fucking Carbone. What's wrong with you? <laughs> he walks away very very just like meek and is like i've never felt like i need to move out of new york ever and i think like now i need to just leave anyway i took the clip That's and i good. sent it to will i sent it to will nazar who's our yeah. mutual friend who is the mm-hmm. cfo of major food group right i'm like holy shit dude look at this how funny is this and will goes that guy's getting fired today for this oh and he fired wow. the door guy wow <laughs> Wow. It's it's not necessary. He was like, dude, I don't care how crowded our restaurants are. No one should ever be treated like that. And yeah. I and honestly, it's like part of me is like, I don't want to get someone fired. But the other part is like, yeah, there's going to be other people who will take that job and be nicer about it. Like that. It was so fucked up. Yeah. And then I told Zach about it. And he's like, no, I don't want to get him fired. I was like, too late. The damage is done. <laughs> Why post it? You know, it's very much like, it's very 1998. It's very, very like, it's giving 98 vibes. Like, you'll never get into Nobu. Yeah, like, okay, relax. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Sailor did it to me. <laughs> Ask me one more time. What'd you eat? Jordan, what'd you eat? Okay. As we was leaving Charleston. Oh, we're back in Charleston. <laughs> I really, We have to leave. We have to bring this bring this home. So yeah. my dear wife, I love my wife so much. We, we're going to the plane, right? It's time to leave. I get a 7 o'clock flight. Why? Because I'm cheap. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. the little app on TripIt, this, this podcast, to my knowledge, is not sponsored by TripIt, but uh, shout out to TripIt. It'll tell you exactly when to leave for the airport. It's amazing. Fun. So I was like, TripIt says to leave at 5. My wife is like, fuck that. We're leaving at 540. I'm like uh, biting my fingernails. I'm like, sure, my darling. And then we leave at 540. We basically do a knee slide onto the plane. (laughs) You know, I feel like Tom Cruise holding on to a fucking Seaton Goliath as it's like taking off. We, We get on and all that I could get and that airport was a Dunkin' Donut for breakfast. Mm. But let me mm. tell you something, my man. It mm. was worth it. It was worth it. The squeeze was worth the juice. It had been a minute mm. since I'd had Dunkin' Donuts because I really, I have, yeah. I hold myself in high regard. And then when we got to New York, my wife, who had not eaten, she was like, I want them Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I'm also married to a Muppet. I'm <laughs> hungry. And I'm like, babe, in an airport, everything is overpriced. But when you go to the Delta Lounge, A1, by the way, the Delta Lounge in the A, A wing of Terminal 4 is a so nice. And no one ever yeah. goes over there. They were playing Bossa Nova, but like, but naturally, like Bossa Nova music was like taking over your body, you know, like, it's like, Dingo, do that. He like the heart. He don't know that. So it was, it was the best breakfast <laughs> and the best welcome that there. And that's it. Okay, here's my here's my takeaway from that. Yes. Jordan is so goddamn cheap that the flight after a wedding has to be a seven a.m. No one's ta- business people take a seven a.m. flight so they can right, get to the major meeting. fucking business, buddy. <laughs> a post wedding flight at seven a.m. to save a hundred bucks, and then rather than going home and getting food, he lands and goes to the lounge <laughs> to just get another meal in before leaving. Wow. Land and lounge. <laughs> Land and lounge. Let me tell you something about the JFK airport, okay? The baggage claim, nobody's taking your bags. Nobody cares. 
Nobody cares. You're fine. Right. All right. The bags are just right. spinning, spinning. <laughs> They're late anyway. All right. It's my people taking the bags off the plane. We're like, talk to my supervisor. I'm on prank anyway. You know it and I know it. Those bags can it can be forever. And people are sitting there like a mystery, like, why are the bags taking so long? <laughs> I fucking know why. You just lost me all of my goodwill with the black community that I have fostered throughout this whole episode. Um wait, I do have a quick question. What yes. was the donut that you got? You know what it is, man. Sprinkles, strawberry on top. Got to have the sprinkles. Wait, strawberry frosted instead yeah. of chocolate frosted? I got strawberry. Fr- I, 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 I zig. I am polarizing <laughs> when it comes to my Dunkin' Donut choices. I know I am because the lady goes, strawberry. <laughs> You're like, yes, the one that looks like a donut emoji. <laughs> That's the one. I love that you're like, you know what I got. And then it's like, you've named the most random fucking donut that they have. You know what my zag is at Please. Dunkin' Donuts? is the French the French curler. Is that, what is that? I'm not, that's not even on the menu. That's off menu at Dunkin' and you know it. You're like French curler, double animal style. And they get that to you if you fucking know it. I've never heard of that in my life. There's no Dude. such thing as that. What are you even talking about? You're, You're going to eat liar. your fucking words, dude. You're going to eat your goddamn words. The French... Dude, put that... That needs to be part of this show. Call it Eat Your Words. All right. French curler. F- it's cr- It's spelled cruller. C-R-U-L-L-E-R. Oh. Oh, a cruller. Yeah. It's not even like a donut. It's like the... Oh, that fucking thing? That's so crazy. It is to donuts what Bialis are to bagels. <laughs> like, it's just a weird side side hustle of the donut world and they're delicious especially but they have to be fresh out of the oven the bialy and the crawler are the inbred cousins of both of those things okay <laughs> so gross i no. i love the french crawler and i but my go-to is definitely going to be a glazed donut a glazed donut at dunkin donuts is mwah, chef's kiss I'm sorry are you a fucking sociopath why would you get a glaze only no sociopaths <laughs> get the old-fashioned if you're getting the old fashioned, you are filling up on calories to go kill a family. <laughs> anyway, I love you. I love you. I love you. Uh, thank you. And uh, I don't know. We don't have a sign off. We don't have a sign off. Um, this keep is... eating food <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.